Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. It's September 21st. As always, this is your boy Hirsch. And with me, as always, is Mike. What's going on? And the hype man, Wes. Go Gators. Go Gators. Hey, Gator Nation. First off, we want to give you all a big shout out for helping us reach a new milestone, 10,000 downloads. And we couldn't have done it without each and every one of y'all's support that have been down since day one. Um, and if you're not downloading the podcast, now's a good time to start, guys. Go out there, check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Podcasts, wherever you may get your podcast from, we're there. So go ahead and give us a download. But if you're if you might want to if you don't want to download us, check us out on our YouTube channel. On YouTube, you know, you can find us under Respect Our Decision. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel. Give us a like, hit the notification bell so you get a notification every time we upload new content. We're uploading stuff all the time. And um, check us out there. I want to give a big shout out to our newest patron, Brandon Stewart. Thank you so much, Brandon, for your support. And if you would like to help us and support us as creators, you can also become a patron at patreon.com. Respect our decision. And in the future here, next in the next week here or so, we'll be going to do a giveaway. And we're going to have some other good content to come, such as exclusive interviews, Q&As, things of that nature. We're going to have a lot of things planned for our patrons out there. So thank you very much. Um, and as always, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Camwood Supplements. And you want to go ahead and visit camwoodsupplements.com. You can find 
all kinds of supplements there to help you with your workout, your post-workout, and even help with your digestive system. So go ahead and check it out. CamelwoodSupplements.com. Use code RESPECT20 to save 20% off your purchase. But with that being said, guys, we're going to jump right into it like we always do every week. I want to start off with a little coverage of Friday night, as we like to call it, under the lights, as we do every week on Twitter. And our man Wes is going to hit us with some of the highlights and info on our recruits and our um, commitments. Wes? Appreciate it, Hurst. Um, under, under the lights uh, on Friday, this past Friday, uh, we have a first-time guy on the list this night, uh, this time, uh, Tyree Patterson. Uh, he had a big night. He had 12 catches, guys, 167 yards in the TD. Big night for uh, uh, Tyree. Uh, one of the big nights uh, as far as Star Watch, we had our commit, Jakeem Jackson. He faced off against uh, our, our target, uh, our heavily targeted, coveted target in Carmani Wilson. Excuse me, McLean. I was about to say Kamari Wilson. Kamari McLean. Uh, <laughs> Coach Raymond was there. As long, along with uh, Coach Pegula, they were both there to watch him. Uh, Jackson played both sides of the ball. He was uh, playing receiver. He didn't go against Kamani uh, on these two uh, plays, but he had a 42-yarder on a bubble screen, and then he had a 68-yarder. So big night for Jakeem. He tweeted after the game that they didn't even throw to his side. So we're just going to uh, point out what he did on the offensive side of the ball. Kamani uh, didn't get tested much, but uh, they did make the mistake of trying to test him in the third quarter, and you know the five star guy did what he does is the best corner in the, in the country uh, coming out, and he he got a pick on the night. Uh, so uh, good showing out for those guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure Coach Raymond and Coach Pickler had a lot to see. Um, moving on, Cree Whitmore. I mean, this get this guy has continued to be one of, to me, in my opinion, one of the best athletes in the country. He's playing quarterback for his high school. Uh, he had uh, two long TD runs. One was 51 yards. The other one was 40 yards. I can't wait to see this kid on campus. I know, Mike, we, we talked about it before the uh, the pod tonight that, you know, hopefully we can get some electricity uh, at punt return. And I can see Creed uh, kind of making an impact early on uh, next year, probably playing that position. So uh, big shout-out to Creed. Just he continues to do what he does. Um, Treon Webb, I mean, what more can we say about this kid? He's one of the – uh, leaders in the class, as we can see, kind of recruits guys. Uh, he's there every week. Um, he got his seventh TD of the year. Uh, moving on to uh, a target of ours, Caden McDonald. Uh, he's a D tackle, but he has been lining up in the backfield for his high school, probably on more of a, a short yardage goal line situation. He got his third TD of the year. Um, and a guy I wanted to highlight that just came to me, guys, um, Hershey Mike. Um, excuse me for not putting that in there, but Kelby Collins, um, he had 15 tackles on Friday with two sacks and four tackles for loss. I mean, we battled Alabama for him. Uh, we got him last, I don't want to say last minute, but we got in on him. We took him from uh, Nick Saban. So I want to shout out Kelby Collins. Whenever you beat a recruit for uh, Nick Saban, that is big. And the fact that he had 15, 15 tackles playing D-line with two sacks and four tackles for loss, I mean, that was sick. So I want to shout him out. Um, uh, and you guys got anything you want to say about any of the guys that I had uh, as far as Friday night? And by the way, if you guys are following us on Twitter before Mike and her speak, 
make sure you follow Hearst on Friday nights. Uh, I uh, respect that decision. Uh, pie, um, Twitter account. Hearst does a good job of uh, tweeting these guys out and saying what they did on the night and, and trying to follow them and, and, and highlighting their performances. And we selected uh, a lot of the, the guys that uh, had some big nights and we, we talk about them on the podcast, but he kind of has more than what we're saying here. So Hearst might guys want to say anything about any of the guys that we had on. Well, yeah, it's uh, well, thanks for highlighting that. It's uh, yep. Uh, we, we definitely, um, Provided a nice thread for um, all the individuals, that, all the commits. It's, called, it's actually titled Under the Lights, so I highly encourage you guys to check it out. But, no, um, like how you said, defensive tackle. So no, he's a nose tackle, and he's an athlete, and he's a must-get. But, you know, we don't need to dive any further into that, into that because it's a must-say. Um, one thing you said, and I wouldn't say it called bad, but I would rephrase it because how uh, – I want to give – we give too much credit to Nick Saban. I mean, yes, he's a lead. He's the best coach of all time. We get it. But we've proved over and over, coach over coach, even Max took a kid from him with Eddie Panero. I don't care if he's kicker or not. He was a, he was a musket for them, and he wanted him. I'm tired of hearing, oh, we beat him out. Um, we, um, I forgot the exact phrase you used. We took him from Saban. No, Saban Definitely did not have him. No, yeah, we he didn't. Saban never had him. Okay, he wanted him, maybe. Okay, cool. We battled for him. I'll take that. It, it, we stuffed Nicholas Saban in a locker <laughs> for him. And we also stuffed Dennison in a locker. And we're going to stuff Cormani in a locker. So I'm getting tired of those holes. Saban, listen, it's the second year in a row. And technically, we, we stuffed him in a locker for James as well. All right? So I'm getting tired of the whole, oh, we took him from Saban. No, he never had him. I, I, we proved him. In-state, out-of-state, doesn't matter. Fair game. I just wanted to add a quick note um, on Jakeem Jackson from our friend uh, Connor Clark was at the game last Friday night, and and his exact words about Jakeem Jackson was, he is him, meaning he is an absolute shutdown athlete. He is going to, you know, we obviously we talk about Cormani and whatnot. And Jakeem Jackson has kind of been the, you know, forgotten cornerback in this class. And um, from everything I've seen of him and heard about him now, we may want to pay a lot more closer attention to Jakeem Jackson because I think he's going to, he's going to make some noise. And I think that was Raymond, correct me if I'm wrong, that was Raymond's like, his his baby, like yes, Raymond's high down. on the kids. Yeah, so that's all like you need to know. Forty-seven initially, and now he's what, like one right around one fifty. Yeah, he's he's, he's one of those that he could Huge he could jump. easily end up being a top one hundred before it's all said. Correct, but that, if people do their job evaluating, but we're not going to get into that because correct. that's you know it's what we do. But we're going to move in on some um, recruiting updates real quick before we do the breakdown for the week. Um, biggest news of the week, obviously, we touched on it just very briefly at the end of our Raw Reaction episode because it had happened just that day, but um, we wanted to save that for this episode because that's more about what this is about, um, was the commitment of 2024 running back Chauncey Bowens, who's ranked 242 in the composite and 13 position. He plays at the uh, Benjamin School in North Palm Beach, currently will. Measures in at 5'11", 215 pounds. Big, big bruiser of a back. Um, 
if you want a comparison, he's I think he favorably compares to what we have on the roster now in Montreal Johnson. Very similar size, running style, and I think that's what the staff sees in him. And um, but don't make any mistake about it. This kid, as of now, as as far as I've heard it, the, the staff was always planning to take two running backs, and and he's back. I don't want to call him back two because I don't want to insult the kid's ability, but. They're going to go after the Jarrett Gibsons. They're going to go after the Stacy Gages. They're, they're you know they're going to go after that one home run back, if you will. Not he's not the primary target. He's not the primary. He's, he's that's back the best. That's two. the best I can do. He's back too, and I, and I don't ever want to say that in a negatory kind of way because, I mean, we all see the running backs are going to play in this offense, so it doesn't matter. I mean, and the best kids are going to are going to get their playing time. So yeah, it's not. A- and he, what's that, Wes? I was just gonna say it's not a bad thing. I mean, if you look at it, you will say Travis Etienne, Trevor Etienne, excuse me, is the better, the more uh, talented back. But look at him in Montreal. You, Montreal is still a monster. So you know, you get that Absolutely. more explosive guy with that guy, and you, you good. And at his size and and whatnot, he may be more physically ready to play year one than anybody. So exactly. we just have to see. You always have to wait and see when these kids get on campus who the real players are and who they're not. They weed themselves out pretty quick. Um, to more recruiting news off the commitment, um, UCF defensive tackle commit John Walker was unable to make it for a third week in a row to watch us play South Florida, but it was only because he was unable to get a ride to the game. Him and Jordan Castell were in the same boat on that. Jordan was supposed to come and he couldn't make it as well due to a, uh, not being able to get a ride up. Sorry to cut you off. I mean, someone should have told me I would have brought him. He was out there. I don't know what to tell you. I was in the trenches, man. I mean, I don't no, know, man. I take it back. No, I was back then. It wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> um, Keon Keeley. Everybody knows about Keon Keeley. Keon Keeley will be visiting OSU this weekend. Ohio, the Ohio State University, for the second time in about a month. Um, a lot of people say Florida. A lot of people say Alabama. But Ohio State is squarely in the mix on this recruitment, and. Um, I might, I might even call them the dark horse in this one because, you know, they like to take kids from Florida, something that we need to put a stop to. But it is what it is right now. Uh, line coach. Yeah, uh-huh. Akua Rasal and James Smith, the two the defensive line combo from Alabama, the highly regarded defensive line combo from Alabama, are still considering taking an, a, a visit for the uh, – an official visit for the LSU weekend, but that's still up in the air as to if that's going to happen or not. But both are very intrigued on what Florida has to offer per Chad Simmons at own three. And as speaking of own three, they redid their rankings this week and a few just notable things as far as the Gators are concerned. Cameron James came in at number 33 in their new rankings. Eugene Wilson moved all the way up to 36th in the rankings. Aiden Mizell came in at number 50, and TJ Searcy rounded out our top 100 recruits at number 94. And um, let's see, um, I'm trying to remember who else was up in there. Kelby Collins was at 123, so he's right there on the cusp of making it in the top 100, and he keeps having performances like he did last week, and I don't think that'll be uh, hard for him to make it. So with that being said, guys, that's pretty much all we have to talk about in recruiting right now. It's kind of quiet. Things are kind of quiet on the recruiting front. 
right now. Um, I'm sure they're going to pick up as we get closer to having some official visits and um, when we get back home for our next uh, game against Eastern Washington. Right after our episode came out last week, the new rankings came out, and you may have heard the Gators fell to 20th, which isn't surprising given our performance against South Florida. So, But we have a chance this week to make a move back up as we take on the number 10 volunteers. And we're going to have a man in the trenches again as Mike is going to make his way up to Knoxville tomorrow. Mike in the trenches is back. It'll be a threat. And we'll have some uh, some good uh, photos. I'm sure a lot of orange will be in them. It'll be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and check Mike- out YouTube as well, guys. Check uh, check out um, it's going to be on all of our social media channels. As YouTube, Mike goes, Mike goes everywhere. Deep in the deep enemy in the enemy territory. But with that being said, guys, we're going to do it like we do every week. We're going to go ahead and talk about this game, and um, we're going to start with the Tennessee breakdown with Mike. Mike, what you got? Oh, well, really quick before we get into that, uh, what did you guys think about um, Ketna being uh, named QB2? I don't think it matters. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, does it matter? It, 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 uh, to me, well, the- just, in, in terms of injury, I think, you know. It, it's it says what I've kind of been saying all along is the reason why it, he's kind of not been pulled yet. Maybe if Jack Miller was healthy, then he might've been pulled, but that just tells me that he's, he's not what we have behind him is not. not As of this recording as well, guys, the depth chart was just released and Napier just had his press conference and announced that Jack Miller is in fact out again this week. So that's what we're basing this conversation on. And um, lastly, before Tennessee, just AR has signed a deal listed today with Champ Sports. So, I mean, um, guys, did that – Good old Champ Sports. Champion. Champion. Not Champ. This is just Champs. I think it was Champion. <laughs> Either one. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> Pretty sure it's Champs. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it doesn't matter to you all. You're just happy for the kid. I mean, no, I'm I just, just happy because there's certain people, like, there's, there are certain people, especially if someone's playing, not playing well, they don't like that. So, I mean, I think it, a conversation at least has to be entertained. I'm for one that doesn't like to speak about what, uh, if, if another man's pocket. So, I'm not going to speak on okay. his pockets. So, I'm happy for him. I'm more power to him. And hopefully, he can give them. Not champion, but the fans that doubt why is he doing it's, this. And Mike's right; it's champs. I, I'll 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 take the hit on that. One. <laughs> I tried to give it you said, guys like eight it said houses. champion apparel I, in the tweet, so I got lost. Yeah, AR's tweet did mention I. I was trying to be nice, but yes, he was nice. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> take it when you can, right? I mean, hey, more power to the kid. I mean, if if people want to give him, you know, these deals. Who am I to say no? I don't. Yeah, he's earned. It, who is he to say no? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like I said, I've seen others. You know, times where they beat up on the person, but I, I'm all in favor with Wes as long as he's not taking time. I it's none of my business. Is the bottom line as long as it doesn't no, take away not, time. I, yeah, we're from, not out here to pocket you know, watch your you know football mm-hmm. responsibilities. Do what the heck you want to do, man. That's how I see things. And it's the 
I highly doubt that's the case. Seems like a fully responsible person. May not be able to throw the ball, but I'm sure he can definitely do a commercial shoot. So, hey, more power to the man. Hey, I hope he just gets his bag more and more. So that's all I really had to say on it. And um, I will plan on – I do plan on pulling the clip saying her, uh, with her stating that I was right. So look forward to that. <laughs> um, now, with that being said, all to Tennessee. Um, apparently, this is their Super Bowl. But um, it's based on national coverage, which we'll get into. But just, you know, just keep it consistent here. You got Tennessee at a glance. We have Josh Heupel uh, entering his second season as the head coach of the Vols. He currently, at, um, well, as you remember, he is the former coach of UCF with the Vols. Uh, currently has a record of 10-6. and six. He finished 7-6 and six last year, 4-4 four and four in the conference with a loss in the Music City Bowl. He uh, recently received a contract extension. Why? I don't know. Probably because they have substandards and they live with their cousins. However, um, that extension added a year to 2027 with a $1 million raise. That will take his salary to $5 million annually, which says they know he's not that good of a coach because that's not a lot of money. It puts him into the lower, at best, top, I want to say second or third in terms of um, – a salary amongst coaches uh, because of Vanderbilt, the private university, and therefore does not need to release their um, uh, financials. All right. Now moving down slightly. Now we have um, their offseason awards in terms of the all SEC. Now with offense, they do have some talent uh, starting with uh, wide receiver Cedric Tillman, first team, all SEC quarterback, uh, Hendon Hooker, um, second team, O-lineman Jerome Carvin. Now on defense, you have the defensive lineman Byron, Byron Young, first team linebacker Jeremy Banks, second team, and uh, defensive lineman Ty- Tyler Barron on third team, and with a uh, punter back Paxton Brooks on third team. Now with some of the impact players, um, at, as I indicated earlier, the quarterback Hendon Hooker, he was there last year. Um, you know, definitely, uh, you could definitely say he let us up. You know, we got fortunate on, on a couple plays. He definitely could have lost that game, but luckily Tennessee is Tennessee, and. Like they just find a way to lose. Period. Um, I just, I fully believe um, when they face us, they're just scared of the scared of the helmet, scared of the logo, and they just when something. Came, I I told people this. I don't care what the spread is. I think it was a ten last time I looked. When something can go wrong, there will go wrong. It just in there. It is what it is, and the record indicates that over the past two decades. All right, now, his uh, Hooker has phenomenal stats on the year. 844 yards, 9.4 uh, completion for, um, yards completion. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Very high completion percentage. Uh, he's averaging 9.9 yards uh, uh, a pass. We also have six touchdowns with no uh, interceptions with 176.1 quarterback rating uh, per ESPN. He, and he only has three picks in his entire career at University of Tennessee. So he's someone who – protects the quarterback, uh, protects the ball. That's something very important, especially in that offense. But it's just overall, I mean, it's just hard to do at that position. That's something, you know, um, hopefully we can, you know, get him out of his comfort zone. And that's also just um, Hooker, sum sum him up. You know, uh, when Hooker gets in a rhythm, he's lights out. But when he's out of rhythm, especially early in the game, that's when he struggled. So that's something we need to pounce on him early and, uh, you know, Hopefully, you know, get the crowd out and take care, uh, take advantage of that. 
Now, another uh, impact player is going to be running back Jalen Wright, 231 yards on a season, 5.1 yard average with three touchdowns. Now, going down to the receivers, they, that's where some of the play, that's the playmakers. You have Jalen Hyatt, 18 receptions on a season, 267 yards, 14.8 average for three touchdowns, and very similar. Uh, stats there are going to be wide receiver Cedric Tillman, 246 yards with a 14.5 average with one t- touchdown. So that, you know, when you have that similar um, stats, it shows that, you know, he may have a personal favorite, but the stats don't truly indicate that. So it makes it hard, obviously harder to defend. Now, now with that being said, this is some of the outlook that was had on the season and what some of the preseason um, expectations as well. They were picked to finish third in SEC uh, media behind U- UGA and uh, Kentucky, but but ahead of UF. They're picked to go eight and four by the Riders um, at Athlon Sports, and um, they're currently ranked um, in tenth in the AP poll. We're obviously uh, number twenty, but you know that's it is what it is. Now for Week One. Uh, they pummeled Ball State 59-10, um, and we'll get into another um, how they handle leads later on, but no need to get in that game in depth. The main game to focus on is week two. They had a huge test. Uh, they had uh, number 24 uh, Pitt. All right. Now, the key thing to take away from this is uh, the Pitt's quarterback, uh, Kadon Slow, uh, Slow was hurt right before the half and didn't return. But when he, but when he was in the game, he went twenty-seven to forty-two for three hundred twenty-five yards, seven point seven yard average, and two touchdowns. He was obviously doing a lot of damage, tearing him up through there, and that just shows the opportunity for uh, Anthony Richardson to hopefully, you know, get back into a groove. You know, we can maybe start him slow with some gimme throws, get his confidence going, you know, like I said, uh, keep the crowd out of it and move the ball down the field, but. It's obvious because uh, Slovis, I do like him as a quarterback, but he's not, you know, he's not going to win the Heisman or anything. But also, another player who really did well against uh, Pitt was going to be their running back, Israel. And forgive me my pronunciation on this one, uh, Abaconda. going to be 25 carries for about 154 yards, 6.2 yards per carry for one touchdown, uh, a longer 76. So he definitely has that breakaway speed. So, I mean, they – like I said, it was a tight game, but and then Pitt had they had a turnover, uh, and I want to say at the at Tennessee's it's like within the, in, the, in the ten in the first half, so they definitely had some missed opportunities. So and Pitt's not no they're not a top ten team, they're a solid team, but you know nothing crazy. So Tennessee, I mean, you guys, it's some people act like this is an, an inevitable loss. I think that's ignorant based on. I'm big on evidence, as you guys have been, heard week over week in regards to Napier and AR. Well, the evidence says Tennessee is a, a good to solid football team. Nothing better, nothing worse. That's just a solid evidence based on the pit game. Okay. Now, go down here. Now, on that pit game, though, just to show some Tennessee stats and a hooker, once again, it's a good quarterback. I'm not going to lie to folks. 27-42, 325 yards, 7.7 uh, yard average with two touchdowns. Cedric Tillman, uh, receiver, once again, not, had a great game. Nine reception, the Bucks 62, 18 yards an av- for average, but, uh, one touchdown, a long of 61. And as I said, him and Jalen Hyatt, they are just, you know, 1A, 1B. 11 reception, 73 yards, 6.6 
yard average. So kind of like pick your poison with that. And with week three, once again, it just uh, they killed Akron 63-6. to six. So just some of the takeaways thus far with uh, this season. It's um, they playmakers as like continuously continuously have gone over at wide receiver and like I said one a one b picker poison you know luckily we have the you know the depth at db to combat that they're talented inexperienced at the quarterback position and um also he doesn't turn the ball over they also know how to put teams away when they get a lead and that's obvious by the first and you know um, third game. I don't care if they're, you know, FCS school. I mean, we just faced one, and we couldn't do that. So um, it's, yeah, I don't even want to get into that. Now for the strengths. Hirsch, you want to take over for that? You're muted. All right. So, so just to talk on the strengths a little bit, um, they do have playmakers at both wide receiver. As I, oh, I'm sorry. Their, their strengths, offensive tempo. Um as we all know, you know, Heupel's off, it has, has, comes from that UCF family. They just go, 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 go. But at the same time, you know, that can um, that's not necessarily most ideal. Quarterback play, as we've alluded to, uh, Hooker's been killing it his whole career, essentially, with um, with Tennessee. Not 100% the most accurate, but at the end of the day, he's a very good quarterback, and I'd happily take him on the Gators right now. Wide receivers, I mean, I think – Arguably, anyone in the um, country would take that one-two punch. Offensive consistency, um, just based on the past two years, with, between Heupel, the receivers, and that quarterback, um, just that uh, that trio is just something that you know you sh- every uh, program in the country strives for. Even if, even if it may not be the uh, ideal, maybe play calling or uh, tempo, so on and so forth. However, it's con- they're consistent, you, so they know their their playbook. And also the pass rush, they may not always they may not always get to the quarterback, but that pick game, they're definitely at least getting some pressure. What so? What do you guys uh, have to say and think so far about their strengths, guys? Um, like you said, Mike. I mean, they're going to get consistency from the quarterback position. Um, Hooker's going to make some – I mean, he's going to miss some throws, but he's going to make a lot more than he misses, yeah. like, you know. Um, and he's got weapons. He's We're not going to be able to put just Marshall on one side. I mean, and and just forget about the passing game like we've been able to with some of these teams we've already faced. I mean, you're going to have to cover both sides of the field. You're going to have to cover the deep thirds. You're going to have to – you're going to have to be ready for this passing game. And – um. You're also going to have to you're going to have to block these defensive ends. I mean, our tackles are going to have their work cut out for them, and they're going to have to you know work to keep this pocket around Ann as he tries to work through some of these problems he's got. Wes, you got anything you want to add on that? Yeah, I mean, um, a guy that uh, I think that they lost. The only reason I know him is because he was from South Carolina. He went to a junior college and went to Tennessee. He transferred out. Tyon Evans. Uh, last year, he had 81 carries for 525 yards and six touchdowns. He's not there anymore. Um, and he also had four receptions for 74 yards and a score. And last year against us, he had 11 carries for 50 yards. So that's like four and a half yards of carry. So him not being there is a plus for us. I wanted to point that out, that, you know, him not being there. And then one of the backs kind of got nicked up last week. Uh, they may be kind of one-dimensional. And you guys talk about Hooker and how he takes care of the ball. Um, I'm, we haven't really seen our DBs do much this year. So this might be a game to see 
where we're at, uh, seeing uh, Corey Raymond and what we can do as far as against them. So their their ability and not to, their inability to 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 have like uh, Utah, or Kentucky trying to pound us, or even South Florida, but they did the same thing, pounding us with the ball. That to me, that's a big weakness from them. Um, Real that, quick, to sorry to cut you off, just before we get too, too, dive too deep into weaknesses, because we're about to touch on that, what would you say? Some do you, do you want to elaborate a little bit more on some of their strengths that they have? Throwing the ball deep. I mean, they they take shots and they're going to run tempo and try to tire you out from side to side. They're going to play from side to side. They're going to try to get your your D line tired by running a lot. They do north as far as going deep, but. Uh, that spread offense, a lot of times, try to get you go east to west a lot to have your ends and your D tackles tired. Um, so that can be a detriment if you don't get first down. So we'll see how that factors into this ball game as they pay uh, their first SEC opponent, which is us. Yeah, like okay. um, yeah. like you were alluding to, you know, we're going to talk about some of their weaknesses real quick. Um. One of their biggest weaknesses, and I think most will agree, if you've, especially if you follow recruiting, is their overall depth of, of team talent from, you know, top of the roster to the bottom. Um, we've hit on Hooker. We've hit on the receivers. They, they have some talent. It's, it's undeniable. With, but, and some were transfers as well, Hirsch. Sorry to cut yes, you off there. Like yes, Hooker I mean, was a, a Virginia Tech transfer. So, like, like you said, if you look at their, like their talent composite, it is not – yeah. yeah, but as we learned last week, uh, a whole bunch of transfers can 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 come together and give you a bit of a problem as well if you're not prepared. Um, but depth, I'm sure, is 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 an issue for them. Um, I don't, I haven't deep dove into their their roster like that as looking at the composite, but I know where I know where they have recruited the last several years. I know that they lost a lot of people when Heupel came in, and you don't just replace all of those in a, in a year <laughs> a, a lot it was a 27 transfers in the first it was a mass exodus yes um and they didn't in my opinion they didn't bring enough in even count whatever transfers nico whatever it, to make that much of a jump from a four and four in conference record that's just me I, i'll give you another weakness if we won't really want to want to get technical about it Josh Heupel is their head coach. Well, all right. So, so let's just move directly to weaknesses now. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I I agree with you on that. If you want to, Josh, this is a man that UCF was happy to watch leave town. I mean, there was there wasn't a single person in that fan base that you know boost on everything that they have from you know like it's the best in the country. There wasn't a single one of them that was like, oh, no, Josh Heupel's leaving. <laughs> they, they were ready to, after run, losing to Tulsa, you know, back-to-back years, they were ready to run that man out of town. And that was a team that was probably much more talented than almost any team that they played. But he he does less with more a lot of times. Um, and this is a big, big game for him. Maybe the biggest game he ever coached. This could possibly no, be. No, I mean, in my opinion, it's not even debatable, and that, we'll get into that. But, uh, no, I wholeheartedly agree. I think he's overrated he coach. There's a reason nobody – that system that used to – everyone used to run that system. Nobody runs it anymore. It's not, it's not sustainable. Um, my, like, I had a couple of weaknesses on, and once – I'll, I'll um, hand it off to you in a second, Wes. 
their weakness is offensive tempo. It's not sustainable. So it's, it's coming from a defensive player. I, I would not want to go to a school who runs that tempo. It's it sucks. You know, three and out, back to back three and outs. You're screwed. It's like you're you're, you're freaking screwed. Especially if you get, you give you give up the inevitable like long drive, which will happen, and they get a couple three and outs, and like we, so especially on the outside, we match up well. You know, we have Kimber, we have we have more, we have you know hypothetically, I'll put a, a hypothetical helm with, with detachables. You know, but we all know that's not going to happen. But we have Brandon Marshall. Let's just say a couple, you know, or that couple drops, so on and so forth. Things can happen. Couple few three and outs done, and you're you're that that point your your defense is screwed. You're winded, and 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 like you said, that, that pass rush that's good. That's not good anymore. It's like Gerb, it's like Gerb, like Gerbin's been non-existent. He's freaking getting eighty nine snaps a game. So um that and their run deep as well, but it's not it's somewhat poor. It's something nothing to uh you know brag about. But I know West Hat was really passionate about some of this. So we want to dive a little deeper on that, West. Yeah, I mean, I was I kind of spoke to some things that I, you know, I won't rehash what I was speaking about earlier. But I mean, about when I looked at the game last year, Emory probably had one of his best games of his career. I mean, Emory threw twenty-one for twenty-seven for two hundred nine yards, and we averaged seven point seven yards a carry last year against that defense. I mean, Emory carried the ball fifteen times for one hundred and forty-four yards. Uh, Damian Pierce had sixty-two. Malik had forty-five. And Naquan had 32 on the ground. So, I mean, we were able to run the ball. I know you missed – I don't know if we missed it yet, but Pitt ran on them uh, when they played. So, I mean, with them being tired and them coming back and forth, that you guys mentioned it with that high-tempo offense, that can also be a detriment to your defense. And if we're running the ball like we've seen our team run the ball against Kentucky, against uh, Utah, and against South Florida – I mean, we can really wear them down and can and have ball control and, and, and take care and, and just make them submit early, you know, especially – and then you guys mentioned their depth. If they don't have depth and they're tired, I mean, we can run all day. We have track meet just running the ball on them guys. So um, seeing what we did last year with Emory and uh, and the backs that we had with Pierce and, and Davis and, and company, I think we that that's another weakness for them guys. For sure. Um so that being said, we'll talk about a few miscellaneous things about this game. Um, if you haven't heard by now, college game day is going to be in Knoxville for this one. You know, Josh Pate's going to be there. Steve Spurrier's going to be there. I think he's a uh, guest, guest picker for this game. Um, Barstool. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's it's going to be there's going to be a lot of folks in town. It's going to be a Pate. Mike's going to have Mike's. Mike's gonna have his hands full in the trenches. <laughs> I made a, there's a, it, 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 let's just say there's not a coincidence that myself, football coach, and those three media outlets are are in one are in Knoxville. I don't, I don't want to say anything to my horn, but there's, there's no it's not a coincidence. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know, former Gator um, Gerald Mincy is a transfer there, and he's their starting left tackle. Just a little factoid for those who may not be aware. Um, and I mean, just you talk about it's going to be it's going to be an, a- an atmosphere, man. A sold out in England Stadium with the checkerboarded end zone. But a little known fact: um, when they when they do this, 
they they're one in four in games where they sell out and have the checkerboard end zones. So um, we've got them right where we want them as far as that goes. Um, but it's going to be loud, man. We're going to have to be ready. Gonna be have you know this isn't the friendly confines of the swamp that we've gotten used to this first three games. Um, the boys are gonna have to be able to drown it out. Uh, Tennessee does have a few injuries they're dealing with. Um, their their leading wide receiver that Mike mentioned earlier, Cedric Tillman, was hurt on a ball that was forced that thrown a high, forcing him to leave his feet in the last game and had to leave in the first uh, quarter of the game. Missed the rest of the game. Uh, Josh Heupel was kind of tight-lipped about how he was dealing with that injury when he was asked about it a couple days ago. So, I, I mean, I would assume he's going to play. It's just to wait and see how much he's able to do. Uh, Dylan Sampson, he left their game with an ankle injury. And then their uh, other running back, Jamari Small, Small was injured on the second play of the game against Akron with apparent upper body injury and was forced to leave the game leave, uh, holding his right arm. On the season, he had rushed for 94 yards and and three TDs in his second year. So they've got a few guys banged up just like we do. Um, We'll have to wait and see who makes it, who doesn't. I would assume that they're going to try to have all hands on deck for this game unless it's a a break or something very significant. Everybody's going to try to play in this one. So with that being said, we're going to move on and talk about, you know, the Gators for a minute and what we need to do to try to get a W here. So we're going to start talking like we always do about the areas that we need improvement in this game. Um, Oh, man. I think it comes without saying, guys, uh, the number one area of improvement has to come from the quarterback position. I mean, we, we, we hyped it up. We talked about it a lot in our raw reaction video. And if you guys haven't, like I said, if you haven't seen that, go check it out. We got pretty passionate on our conversation about the quarterback position. Um, Mike, you know, we already talked about it a little bit, man. We're going to have to probably try some small intermediate throws and get this kid back in his rhythm because this is not going to be, this is not going to be the environment that he's, he's used to this, these first three weeks. He's going to be, uh, they're they're going to tell him every bad word in the book, and he's going to have to stare it down. So his confidence was shaking in Gainesville. Some good old boys he, over there. He might want to bring a psychiatrist with him to Knoxville. Uh-oh. What do y'all think about? I mean, I know what y'all think, but let's let's hit it one more time. <laughs> in terms of uh, what's the main, like in general, they are his uh, mentality. Yeah, he's going to need to do man to get better to be more efficient in this game. Um, besides just, complete passes, <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious. I mean, he's not doing that. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I may, I may throw a couple more jump balls up, you know, like with, with shorter. I mean, I think the receivers should help him out. Um, I'm not throwing those 15 to 20 yard routes. I'm, I'm taking them out of the playbook because they're not being hit. Bottom line. I mean, maybe if they're outs, but I mean, if that, maybe it's comebacks. I'm doing rollouts. I'm doing I'm, – I'm treating it as an elementary offense. I'd like to see some like, more comebacks. I think that would be very helpful. Yeah, I'm just like – like the, you know, when you have a guy like Rick, Ricky 15 yards down the field, wide open, five, uh, five yards on each side, and he's sailing it. I mean, normally that safety's behind him. 
I'd so, like to I see mean, some slants, some some short slants. Well, yeah, you know? I'll take a slant, you know, slants or whatever. But Get you know, got some room and space. To slants, make some floods, plays. you know, mix up. You know, I want to see a little bit more innovative, short, short, you know, short uh, uh, play calling, but like in short routes, I really do. You know, mix it up. Get people tripped up on some man coverage, but you know, get him. Pardon me. Uh, run a ball uh, as much as you can if he's if he is in fact injured with him. But just pound the rock. I don't want to see him throw the ball more than eighteen times. Let's, if he let's, th- let's, if let's touch on that for just real quick. While you brought it up, there's been all kinds of rumors this week that his ankle might be injured. Uh, I know Wes has heard that maybe he's got a, a hammy tightness or pull. Um, obviously he dealt with those problems last year and that would obviously explain him not being as liberal running the ball. Um, but at some point, man, you got the, you got to let the kid, I mean, he's got to fight through it. I mean, yeah. And they say, Oh, like four to the four or five win team. Okay, cool. Then we are, it's a bump class. All right. Then I don't want him for next year. He's hurt every year. Period. I don't want him. If he's hurt, if he's legitimately big time banged up again, I don't like – you can be a backup, cool, spot duty. You can be like a true 10 Tebow back only with no future development because you're not going to do anything because you're hurt every single year and you've, you've, you've regressed. Um, um, it's got to be mentally as well, mentally and physically. Just Or I don't know if that's – I don't know what's going on outside of football, but guess what? If you're on the field – you're, if you're between the lines, you're 100% good to go. There's no excuses, okay? If you're not ready and you're putting in your detriment to your team, get off the field, okay? If the person's behind you's not good enough, that's up to you and the coaches. But end of the day, there's no excuses once you're on the field. I want to hear about you being nicked up. Okay, then fine, throw the ball. And if there's an excuse for throwing a ball and you can't throw the ball, get off the freaking field because people are trying to find if, if he's having headed, like literally some behind the scenes mental stuff. Hey, I feel bad for you. Don't play. All right. Do what you need to do to get mentally right. Now, if you're actually physically hurt, all right. And there's nothing. People making excuses because at the end of the day, if you're on the field, you're, you're fine. And if you're making excuses still, like you, you just never play football. Everybody's hurt. No, I mean, everyone's picked up. Are people more hurt? Yes. But guess what? You, there's no excuses. Oh, you don't like if a, a corner uh, gets beat up over the, uh, over the top and he's, uh, he had to take an injection to play. Oh, well, I took an injection and he's hurt. Everyone's hurt. I played multiple seasons with a torn labrum. And you're not going to say, oh, well, I didn't get that sack because I had a torn labrum. No. Like, I just have a torn labrum. That's normal. I went to freaking, you know, I got a – I got him uh, stem every single day. Like, stop. People are bitching. All right. Call spade a spade. He's not getting a job done. I don't want to hear what's wrong with him. But head to toe. Just not playing well. That's all I care about. You're either good or you're bad. Period. Wes, Wes what you think about it, man? Well, there's, there's context to a lot of stuff. You know, people, fans, feel like if they see uh, number 15 on the back, he needs to play like AR. They don't care whether you – and that's kind of what you guys are speaking on. They don't care whether you're injured, whether you uh, – somebody passed during the week. They just want you to perform. 
And a lot, a lot of times that's, that's just the way it is. It's just once you step on the field, once once your cleats hit the grass, they, they, they want you to perform regardless of what's going on. They don't care. If they see 15 to Richardson on their back, they expect you to play like you're 100%. And a lot of times, I mean, that that's the case. That can be here, neither there, but um, it, it just is what it is. I I'd like to, I, I take the 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 gray. Some people are black and white. I look into the gray. If you're, and, and we have to look at like, there's no Felipe Franks on the on the uh, struggling, and then there's Kyle Trask. We don't have that here. A lot of people are plugging like, I want the quarter. I want to see the back of the quarterback. We we don't have that crap here. We don't have Kyle Trask sitting in the wings. I mean, we got lucky and, and and found Kyle Trask, but that's not here. So there's a reason the coaches are saying, and and he kind of said it in the press conference, like they like hey, be careful because there's nobody behind you. That that's real, and maybe that maybe they shouldn't have said that. Maybe that's playing in the back of his mind. Maybe that's on them for telling him, hey, be careful, Ar. He said it in the press conference. They told him, hey. You know, you we all that is on them because it's like Mike said. I mean, if if you get hurt, you get hurt. I mean, you can't not play your game, and if you're not playing your game, Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself. I mean, he's killing his own confidence by not being who he is. Yeah, which is athlete, which is can be the the, the top five athlete in the country. You can't go out there with the mindset of I can't be who I need to be to be the best performer I can be, you know, you can't do like that. You can't, that's like saying, I'm going to go out there and tie one arm behind my back because, you know, I, it's just, you can't play yeah, like you, that. You can't put a player in that position where he's thinking about other things other than being who he is. And to me, that's kind of, you mind if you say it again, please? I would like to you can't put a player in a position to be who put him in a position where he can't be who he know he is. When you have him thinking instead of reacting, I hate that to me as an athlete, I wanna I don't wanna be thinking about it. we're not computers. Where we yeah, I don't wanna have all I don't wanna have all this stuff going in through my head. I wanna go out and play. Tell correct. me what to do and let me perform. Let me be me. When you have okay. me thinking too much, then I'm a second slower. Then yeah. I'm a couple seconds slower. And in this in the SEC, you can't be a couple seconds slower. That's yeah. probably why some of these balls are going high, because he's thinking too much instead of playing, like we saw against Utah. And I hate to reference it, but and people were kind of bad at what Dan Mullen said today. That clip I heard Dan Mullen say today was absolutely right. Against Utah, it was just go out and play. Against South Florence and, and uh Kentucky, it was all these expectations, all these things going in his head. Now he's thinking too much and he's not as comfortable as he was being the underdog. That's why I think this week is gonna be a big week for him because he's on the road, underdog. Not thinking too much, he might be able to go out and play. He might be free on the road. I was the type of player that I like playing on the road. I like shutting the crowd up. To me, that I got off on that. That was who I was. So hopefully, that's him, and that's what he may be able to do. Because playing at home is just to me, is, hey home, hey home. But to shut the other, the, to shut the fans up on the other side, that's what I live for when I when I played. So hopefully, him being on the road will get him feeling more comfortable that he doesn't have to appease our fan base. And then rooting for him and, and doing all that stuff, but I mean, I, I don't like him thinking too much. I want him to go and be the, the athlete he is, and is a lot of this stuff. I, I know we kind of talked about his decision on the goal line, throw the shorter. It wasn't to me. It wasn't a bad. I mean, we talked about it, but we want to go dive deep into that. To me, it wasn't a bad decision based on the numbers. On the no, numbers, that was a bad that decision. Play. That was a, that was, 
No, no, no. We we can run the numbers. We can run the stats. About, I don't want, I want to talk about that. That was a bad decision. Let Thanks. me finish. Let, let me finish. To me, in math, because like I said, I brought up Tom Brady did that to Mike Evans against the Cowboys the same night Mike Evans caught the touchdown. Numbers wise, it's not a bad play call. It's not not a not play call. It, it is wasn't when you're, a bad when decision. You're already making bad throws though. But he just made a play. That's all I'm saying. He made a great throw to shorter. On the same drive, he made a great throw to Shorter, and Shorter made a great catch. So it wasn't like he made a bad throw on that drive. He made a great throw to Shorter on that drive. That if you look at throw? the numbers, on the, if you yeah, he gave his guy, he told his guy to oh, make yeah, a play. Okay. So so was the high was the ball high pointed? I no, see. Clemson. No, it wasn't because it, was, it wasn't a great throw. Anyway, like I was saying, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the numbers, what numbers? You were outnumbered in the we were outnumbered in the box. So you go to your your your, your guy out on the, on the side. The what decision was bad? It, it was a bad throw. The throw was bad. To so me, that's that's what it was. The was throw it, was, was bad. it was it second? Was it third down? Was it fourth down? I don't care what the down was. The that, no, 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 no. Because that does see you. You're saying you don't care yet. You cite numbers. That that's part of the numbers. That's part of the variables. Numbers. So you can't bring up numbers and omit a variable. That's no. That's you have to bring up all the numbers into it, into the statistics. Now I got a couple of things. Like okay, you say. Uh, one, you are absolutely correct. Now, you, you need to – you have to react. Like, you, if you think, you're going to lose, okay? I've been, I've been in that situation, you're thinking. When you think, you're a step slow, but, like, it, why – and we'll get into – I'll get into that, but, like, he should know the playbook. He's a quarterback. If he doesn't know the playbook, I mean, he's Billy – he should be the one who knows it, all the checks, so on and so forth, you know, to make all these quote-unquote right decisions and great throws that haven't occurred. So if he's mentally – something's going on with him mentally because he played he played fine against Utah. Would you guys agree to that? He played great against Utah. He, he wasn't he – was, he reacted, right? Would you – can we agree to that? Maybe not the – Greatest. I feel like he was, and, and I will even say he, he was, was playing good against South Florida until he threw the interception, and it was all, all right. back downhill. Okay, exactly. So you know what he is, and nobody wants to admit it. He is mentally weak. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Okay, he is mentally weak. You know who's in his, who put him in his head himself. He proved it against Georgia. All right, and he's proven it week over week when things go awry. We can smile. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but until he proves me wrong, what's going on here? You know, like, like I said, though, I mean, Georgia Avalanche, gone. Now, in terms of uh, what's it, uh, Utah, I did phenomenal. Okay, once USF went awry, boom, went downhill yeah. again. So, I mean, it just goes, it goes to, like, truly, I mean, how you where has he persevered? I mean, he was in spot, he was a mop up in spot duty. The one game was what you uh, FSU, LSU. uh, yes, LSU he did play well, and he and also he threw um, two interceptions in that game and played well after the fact. That was, yes, the one and game. I will give him credit once again. I will give credit where credit is due. He played well, and, and also FSU, he came back, spotted Emory. But when a team has game plan for him. Get, I mean, I'm just looking for it. And people like him because he's charismatic. They probably root for the kid like they did Dewan Black. Well, guess what? Dewan Black sucks. And and, and um, AR is a front is mentally weak. He's a front runner. 
Okay. And I want to be proven wrong, but until I see for other otherwise proof, I mean, I would like to see how, how I'm wrong, honestly. And well, people bring up practice with Kitna or like, or we have nothing. Guess what? We probably don't, but you cannot unequivocally say we have nothing because Tebow and they're not the same at all. Tebow was not good in practice. He was not a practice player. Period. So people are like, oh, we had Trask. Trask was amazing in practice. Doring's on on record saying this. Okay. Now, guys, I mean, I, mean, I don't think it was Doring. I think it was, I'm sorry, Lewis Mart. Uh, I, I heard that. Yeah, Louis Murphy. Louis, Louis Murphy. But into the day, some, guys, it's just frustrating because people are omitting facts because they like the guy. It won't hurt his feelings. I don't care. Let's like, let's let's roll off of this because we you know we're going down the same road we went on on the raw reaction show and we're just gonna keep beating the same horse. And I think we all you know have our opinions on what needs to happen. And based on what happens this Saturday, it's gonna go one way or the other real fast. I got a feeling, but we'll just we'll play that as it comes to us. I just don't want people – if you don't mind, I would like to leave it at this. I just – it's kidding to probably suck, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, like, some, like, end of the day, though, sometimes the unknown is the best option, even if it's a brief. That's all. Let's move on to something that needs to – we all kind of feel like needs to improve some and will help him maybe have a better game is the offensive play calling. Um I I think everyone could shout this from the mountaintops, and, and I don't know how you could not understand it at this point, is that this team is a running football team. Um, but yet we've come out more often in the last two games seemingly running, I mean passing, to set up the run. And in this game, I think you just got to run, 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 and then, you know, let the let the pass happen, you know, open it up. Uh, I don't understand. You got to run the ball in this game, I feel like, 40-plus times. I mean, just not to pull a number out of thin air. I mean, like, I legitimately feel like when we look at the numbers on Saturday night, it should say 40-plus runs for 250, 300 yards. I mean – <laughs> and that's being generous. Like, I, I feel like if the offensive line does what they can do and these backs do what they can do, I don't think you – just because you don't get three yards, four yards on first down, I don't think you can abandon it on second down. I think you need to plug it in there and go again. Uh, you know, Big Torrance is on that right side. I think you need to just be running it off of his tail, I mean, all night long. And the and – the, Madman that is Mr. Barber on the outside, um, Mike's newest uh, fan club member. <laughs> I just the goat, bro. Um, Man's come up with personal fouls. First start, I, let's ride. I think we all can agree. We're you know we like Naquan. Naquan serves a purpose, but I think Naquan needs to be number three on the on the chart in this game, honestly, I, if, if you're seeing a heavy dose of Naquan early, I, I don't have the words for it. I just don't. I mean, 
with my I, I know the kid's a senior. I know he's a good receiving back, but we're not throwing to the backs. If I'm not mistaken, Montreal started last game. So hopefully, and I think Naquan came in on the second series. So hopefully. It's all snap counts, though. So. Montreal leads in snap counts on the season. I know he, he's up yeah. by about five snaps on the season yeah. on Naquan. Um, but but Naquan's still, I mean, Montreal's at like 72 and Naquan's at like 67. But that's 67 snaps, bro. <laughs> yeah, need, it needs to be like one, two. He needs to five, swap five. places with Entian. Entian has like 37 snaps on the year, and that needs to almost reverse immediately. The next but three games I, need to. <laughs> and I, But we also have to keep in mind, and Nick alluded to this, we do not know how well Etienne knows his playbook. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of thing I said when when it comes to running backs, we don't know how they hold up in pass pro. But then I pointed out when week one, I, I haven't I didn't really pay attention against Kentucky and South Florida. Week one against Utah, Naquan wasn't good in pass pro. He got a holding call. He wasn't call good he, last week either. I so watched see, the plays to back. me, I re, to Mike's point. If if the if the starter ain't doing it on pass pro, then put the back up. Well, you're you're assuming, <laughs> almost like I, I haven't watched all twenty two. All right, so I can, I'm not. I can, I he's, he's her, you're her saying no, but you're saying Etienne knows the, the the plays. He may not know the plays. That's my point. You oh, can't he may not pro be, if he you may don't not know. be as good in pass protection either. He may um, be. Worse. My argument to that is then then. Call the plays that he knows when he's in. I mean, Montreal needs more needs more carries. Is my argument. You can't. I mean, you got got coordinators making three. Then you make it. Then you make it. I don't know. You make it. I'm I'm not talking about twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, Mike. I'm I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the pass plays. When it's time to pass the ball, if it's third down and seven, and you know you're gonna pass, then bring your third down back in. Same thing the pros do. Then you bring Nick Warner, but in first and second down, if you're gonna run like you say you want to run. Like we want to run, then you put Trevor Etienne in and let him run on first and second down. But the, he had, but that's percentages, and it's going to stack the box. It, it, we, we, it, we, it, but it we goes run heavy. But it, we already it, say it, that's what we want to do. But you that's our game plan coming into it. But you're. What I'm saying though is, you still want to at least have the option, at least check out of it, even if it's a check out to you know a quick swing route, a quick safe route. That's what I'm trying to get at. And my point is, Naquan, not Naquan, excuse me, Trevor has caught a touchdown pass or a two-point conversion, whichever one. He's caught balls out of the backfield. How many? So I, I, I have to – how many has Naquan caught out of the backfield? I'm, I, I think th- he's I caught – you a question. How many? He's, he's caught more than Naquan. Na- Naquan has a, whole, uh, has a whole career to go by. You're going off of a guy with two or three games in a summer in fall I'm, camp. I'm, I'm no, I'm just one. sorry, fall camp. Okay. I'm sorry, Hirsch, you were saying? No, I've just I, – my thing is that whatever he doesn't know, I just – I want to see Montreal get the majority of the carries. That's, that's the one me. we – I think we can unequivocally agree with, knows everything. He knows the system. He knows – I said it in the Raw Reaction episode. The kid has the – he has field vision. He knows where the holes are supposed to open up. He makes the cuts when he sees them. He hits the hole hard. He's not a guy you're going to stop most of the time in his tracks. He's he's a fall forward kind of kid, and, and and that's the kind of back that I just I you know wear these defenders out, man. Punish them, punish them. 
and that's something I've noticed, you know, like being in the crowd, people are oh, even watching with some friends. Like, oh, he almost broke it through. It's like it's the third, fourth quarter. I'm like, yeah, well, if you ran the ball more in, in the first half, he would have broken through because these are the type of backs that, and I, I forgot who said it previously. It was one of, one of you guys. They, you know, I think it was Wes, the more and more you run it, the, the better backs. And he breaks one every game of distance. Like Montreal, every game has, has yeah. put a, a – yeah, that was that was a call by by AR too. He checked into that play, but based on the numbers in the box, and got my got my trail. That, uh, uh, that's that's just to point out. We've already him, moved on from AR. I'm not talking about that individual. You you don't have to talk about. it. I'm just saying he checked into that play for Montreal to get in. Was it seventy yards? Sixty. Okay. Um, and this goes into our in our you know obviously we we said the play calling needs to improve. That's where we were kind of starting that whole conversation at and. Um, adjustments need to improve. I I think we can all say that, and that's going to fuel into a stat that we're going to bring into play here in just a little bit. Um, you know, coming out of half, we we got to we got to see something a little better. Uh, you know, if I feel like the second half is just a reflection of the first half, almost like we just come out and do the same thing, same thing, same thing. Um, despite whatever we saw wasn't working or was working, it's just like we've got to we've got to change that up a little bit. I want to see the coaching staff come up and, and come out in the second half and exploit some of the weaknesses that they've seen in the first half, and that's that's missing so far to me. Thoughts? Oh, I, I'm not gonna lie, um, you, Utah. It was um, well. Utah wasn't that good at – I wasn't impressed on play calling and the adjustments were horrid. You know, Kentucky, he individually cost us a game. Uh, but he, there was an improvement on that USF game. Um, you know, end of the day, you can't game plan for someone. You, they literally can't throw the ball. You can't game plan for it. So um, – and we, but I did see a slight increase, you know, with – you know, he did run the ball more. You know, I saw, you know, running the ball later in the game more. But, like, when you got quarterback, I mean, only thing I, I want, and it's not going to happen, he needs to remove checks. Like, he he cannot handle it right now. So, I don't know if you need to go to, like, I sound like old, old like, like Jeff Tedford, you know, some Pac-12 stuff. They look to the sideline, and, you know, they run up to the side, um, run up to the, to the line of scrimmage, they go to the sideline really quick, and then they look for the check, and the coaches make the call because our our quarterback is mentally incapable of making a check call. Period. All right, a man's running on the first down on, on the one yard line, stolen freaking slants to the goalpost. Thought you were done with that individual. No, yeah. I mean I'm, it's off the check. That's a, that's a that's a direct thing. That's a check, like a direct correlation for listeners. So I mean I'm trying to. I'm trying to paint a picture. We cannot do check. He cannot do the checks. Therefore, this needs to be removed. It's a part of play calling. However, I like the play calling has improved week over week ever since the Kentucky game. I would like it to see it progress as long as in terms of we keep the crowd out of it via, um, you know, play it safe. And uh, let me ask you a question, Mike. What's up? How much do you think that correlates with players becoming more and more familiar with the install. What's that? Just uh, the checks or 
No, no, no. The play calling and, and the, the changing in the play calling is, is more coming out now because the players are more, you know, as each week goes by, more familiar with it. I mean, I don't know what they're putting in the install. You know, like I said, I don't like really like comment on things I'm not privy to, but I mean, yeah, it, I all, mean, it all depends what your check, the checks are, you know, like if one, if one play is has a possibility to be three or four, you know, if one play is just a runner pass, that's a lot of times that's what the offense does. Um, I just think we just need to dummy this, this play calling down. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's plenty of offenses. They have, you know, it's an extremely small playbook. They just have the, you know, like one play is technically like up to four. Um, but, you know, get, he's from more of that Shanahan style. And that's where it comes from, you know, like the Mike McDaniels and everything. Shanahan, there's one play. It truly can be like eight. You know, um, we're not there yet, but like we just need to keep it simple, stupid because we're playing stupid football right now. And I'm getting tired of seeing it because we have the ability to play stupid football and beat people. We could easily play stupid football, just run the ball, throw simple out routes. And we're number five, like six, seven in the country. We're not going to win now. Championship. We're not good enough. But we can easily be top comfortably be top 10. So we face all inferior teams significantly when we hold the superior uh, talent advantage. Wes, what's your thoughts on the play, Colin? Um, some I would like to run ball, run the ball more. Uh, I, I spoke about that last um, uh, raw reaction. Um, I don't want the checks taken away. Uh, to me, like the seventy yard run, that was a check call. So to me, that though things like that. It, to me, it's not the mental part as far as his decisions, okay, where the ball is supposed to go. What should we be doing? To me, it's more of a physical thing with AR. If um, you look at his fundamentals and how he's hitching and think like not what, what I was saying about how he's like sh- thinking before he throws, to me, that's the thing that to, to me that matters most. Um, I know that big throw in the end zone was a thing, and and, and I keep referencing what Tom Brady did as far as with the numbers. And the reason why I bring that up, and, and we all talked about how we were running the ball. Like, I watch all, all every game. Not every game, but I watch a lot of NFL, a lot of college. To, to that point, well, what Mike was saying, and what I think you said it too, Hirsch, about we should have just pounded the ball in. Leonard Fournette was gashing the Cowboys. All, he was getting six yards of carry. I just looked up, six yards of carry. First down, on the goal line, number say, throw the ball to Mike Evans. Tom Brady threw the ball to Mike Evans. He didn't give it to Leonard for net, even though Leonard was gashing the Cowboys and the Cowboys were on Tom Brady all night. Michael Parsons was, was sacking. I know we, I don't want to talk about Tampa Bay and, and the Cowboys, but I'm giving that situation as the same. This was a similar situation. And he did that. We were gashing them and the numbers say, hey, go there. That's why I said maybe I probably wouldn't have done it being me because it was South Florida. But if you play in Georgia, those are the type of decisions you have to make when you play in Georgia and they're, they're stacked D-line. Then maybe you check out the question and bounce out. Go ahead. Just one. Literally, I'm out. I'm not even going to. Go ahead. Who do you trust more, Tom Brady on a fade to Mike Evans or Anthony Richardson to Justin Shorter? Just that's all. No, and you, honestly, you don't have to answer, but that's the question that you and, I, and listeners, I do apologize that you had to listen to that. Wes, feel free to go. Yeah, to, to, to my point, what I, what I was saying, and to, to, to sort of answer your question, was it the right decision? If it was Kyle Trash, we would have been fine with it. 
The reason absolutely. why is because of absolutely. The reason- and I, I, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because you are absolutely correct. Oh, that's Kyle oh. Pitts. And that's Kyle Trask. I am absolutely okay with that because that's a that's two two Heisman candidates. So you are you need to prove my point that AR and Justin Shorter should not have had that play. Thank you. So absolutely. Gonna, thank you. So you're gonna let me? Thank you for I, digging I never, your hole. And I didn't and cut you off. The coffin. I did. I, I never appreciate that. I, I never cut that. you. I never cut you off. I let you talk. Can I finish talking? Oh, That's all I, ask. I mean, can I add, can I finish to, talking? I'll buy a glass. That's all, I ask. all right. So, like I was saying, because you the end result, if, if there's a touchdown, nobody says crap. People get mad like when they do an onside kick. Well, they shouldn't have done the onside, they shouldn't have gone for a fourth. In 2020 hindsight, people can say what they want, but if he throws a touchdown, this is not even a conversation. If he but, throws but, but people say pass, it could be an incomplete pass. I heard you can go ahead, man. We can move on to the next. I can't. I can't finish. But I can't. I never cut that man off. I let him talk. Go ahead, Hurst. Go ahead. All right. Let's get it on down the road here, boys. <laughs> We're all passionate about wanting our team to perform well, and that's all it comes down to. Um, going back to what I was saying a second ago, though, about third quarter adjustments and things of that nature, we had a tweet sent out today by a. Uh, Nick Marcinko from Gator Country um, about Florida's scoring breakdown by quarter. Currently this year, <clears throat> Florida scored 13 points in the first quarter, 41 points in the second quarter, zero points in the third quarter, and 21 points in the fourth quarter. Oh, my gosh. The Gators have failed to score a point in the third quarter <laughs> this year. That is not how you set the tone coming out of the half. I mean, that's just – that's good football teams come out and put your foot on their throat, and we're not doing that. I don't even think we're putting a pinky on our throat. No. We're putting no presence on the throat whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Are we putting a request on our throat? Yeah, we're not even asking if, if, if we could – Approach the throat. Uh, Pause. Oh God. Pause. Pause. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, this is- whoa, 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 whoa. Simmer down, bro. Simmer down. No, I, I think that's absolutely terrible, to be honest. I mean, just like, especially, you know, when you take on ownership of, um, you know, being off at the play caller. I mean, like I said, I saw some, you know, improvement. I know we don't necessarily have the best players, but to say we don't have talent on that on offensive side of the ball is actually an absolutely ignorant and asinine statement. So the fact that you only have a field goal, uh, Kentucky uh, was, you know, the points were blatantly there. Uh, you just faced USF, who got boat raised by multiple teams. So the fact that I'm l- literally still in awe, I can't get my eyes off of it. That's just a goose egg. You know, I mean, I don't know it's what's truly a, and why it's a, how it's occurred. Because, I mean, you're, you're coming out with a script as well. I mean, it just absolutely makes zero sense. So why, the, you know, this is truly uh, happening, you know, it's because, like I said, there's just three different games, uh, Utah, okay, you know, UK, let's just call it a high pressure, you know, SEC game, a lot on the line, AR in his, in his nerves, he's a little nicked up, but there's absolutely no excuse you don't score versus USF, okay, and that's, once again, the Gator standard, you know, Billy Napier, you know, I, don't make it – Keep the standard, and I'm tired of people like, oh, well, this, all that, you know, AR. No, stop making excuses because it's not even a freaking field goal up there, and we have a good field goal kicker. It's not Austin Harden, okay? So where we can't even cross the 50, 
you know? So once again, it goes to people want to make freaking excuses and not hold people accountable. Okay. That's not, and you can hold somebody like Napier and AR accountable and still project them to do well. But the point though, and the problem is they want to make excuses and just have blind freaking hope. Okay. And that just can't occur. You're on mute, Hurst. Hurst, you're on mute. Hurst, you're on mute. Sorry, guys. I, I let Mike do his thing, and I put it on mute a lot so I could sit back and relax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Another series of stats from our friend David Soderquist from the Getting Swamp podcast. Make sure y'all check out David Um, about uh, the Russian breakdown for this season and our leading rusher, obviously, Montreal Johnson, has 240 yards on the season. That's 9.6 yards a carry, two touchdowns with nine runs so far over 10 yards. Phenomenal, phenomenal early stats for Montreal. Uh, second, Trevor Etienne, 172 yards for the freshman, an average of 7.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns with seven runs of 10 yards or more. Even even just more great production from the freshman there. And then in third is the senior Naquan Wright. 99 yards, four yards per carry. Not terrible yards per carry. I mean, you know. But only one touchdown and one run of 10 yards or more. That goes back to my point. Um, are they, I can go ahead, Hurst, or no? Yeah, go right uh, ahead. The To touch on Mike's last word about the third, I, I looked at that. Um, those numbers, Utah, I think we had the ball one time in the third quarter. So, I mean, there's nothing we, we could do. We had, to, I mean, we could score in the one score. time we had the ball, but the, against, uh, Kentucky, I think it was a, we had to pick, a, it was a pick of something two times, but South Florida, like Mike said, no, we got to score. You get the ball, you got to score against South Florida. One, one, you punt your first time. And I think we scored the rest of the game against Utah. We punted one time in the second half. So I'm not gonna be mad when we, we scored in the fourth quarter, but. That, that's cool. Um, but it's, this goes back to what I said earlier about the question you just asked about the, the running backs. You got to find a way to get ET. I, I want Montreal to take the, the majority of the carries, but you got to find a way to get ET on the, on the, on the field and let, uh, Naquan be your third down back if you don't feel safe with pass protection. But as I mean, you said Utah, Naquan had his struggles. You said against Kentucky, you saw him have his struggles. So you got to get ETN. Those other maybe 20%, let's give Montreal 60 and, and give the other two 20 and 20. I don't know if it's 70, 30. I, I don't know what to do as far as the carry, but I need ETN more of ETN, uh, especially if we're going to be running the ball hard with that, with a special group of offensive linemen that we have. Um, Austin Barber, Mike's guy, has came on and filled take Mark, um, Mark's Tarquan spot very, very well. So the offensive line is still intact. We're healthy. We got to pound the ball. And I explosive most explosive guy is ETN. So you got to put him in there more. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for more from ETN, but I want Montreal to go to 70, maybe 70%. If that takes more from Naquan, I don't care. You don't, you don't have to give it to, 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 to Trevor. Just more from Naquan. That's how I feel about it. I mean, just to really piggyback off that, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you on the running back snap distribution. However, like Naquan had a good game stat-wise last week. So there's still, once again, 
I'm not saying you're doing it because I, I agree with you. But there's no excuse we shouldn't have points. <laughs> the stats are there. Like, they were pretty much all the same. So, like, we just not scoring. He, where's the, where are you learning about your team? First two games, fine. You know what? Shit happens. It is USF, okay? Like, BYU put 28 in the freaking first on them. Boat race them. You got them at home. You got, and not to mention, we're leaving out. These are three night games. These are not road games. Okay, so yeah. you're not playing on the like you're not oh the hostile environment of Raymond the crowd Stadium. Up the entire game. It's freaking ridiculous, man. And it's it's and we're not gonna score in the third again. Yeah, I, I mean I'm felt, I'm only I can only go in the trenches so long. I would have felt better if it was kidding to start in the third quarter this this time around. But yeah, well hey, second, come well Ingle, but I mean I'll, I'll, I'll settle. Well, well he's we got still his well, name now. Yeah, your boy got passed today. <laughs> by kidding. I mean, well, hey, we all, we, it's obvious. Hey, moment right? of silence for, yeah. for poor Mr. Engel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right, guys, let's, um, pour one out for, uh, let's, for yeah, pour one out for Mr. Engel. All right, let's get to it. Every week, you know, we select our impact players of the game, and we're going to go ahead and do that now. So without further ado, um, Mike, who's your player? Who's your, I- uh, impact player? I try to like mix it up um, just a little bit. I initially went with Brandon Cox um, just based on this. You know, he gets some pressure on um, on Hooker. You know, you know cause some incomplete passes. It's going to be huge. You know, to stop that tempo and, and indirectly or in and in, assist uh, the offense. But then I thought a little deeper, and, and this as I was uh, writing this up a little bit, they're going to have two receivers. You know, Marshall's going to do his. Uh, but Kimber, Jalen Kimber, the UGA transfer, just had a pick last week and uh, has performed admirably um, these last couple games. And he's just truly come on. And if we get two of those corners for their, you know, for their receivers, 1A, 1B, and it's, and we can play a man coverage on those two guys, like that's going to help us out tremendously. Because in my opinion, you know, they, they, well, they definitely don't have a big time tight end or anything to worry about. So we can just play man coverage, you know, generate some legitimate pressure. I don't know if Tony's going to open up the playbook for him, but I think we can true if if those two, um, I don't, I don't like the word lockdown, but can true it can truly, you know, if you keep each one under 70, 80 yards, like that's a win. That's a freaking win. So uh, I have J- uh, Jalen Caber, cornerback, CB2 for University of Florida as my impact player. Wes, I think uh, you're going to go to the other side of that, aren't you? Yeah, I kind of picked offensive guys the last two weeks. Uh, week one, I picked Patrick Tony against Utah. Uh, and this week, I'm going with Jason Marshall. Just because he hasn't really – I think they threw a couple slants or a comeback in front of him this week. Um, I mean, excuse me, last week. This might be the he he's really gonna earn his his money so to speak this week and and see if he's who we hope and think he is he's the next great DB first round pick that uh, we have on this roster and I should have put I should have said Corey Raymond uh, because this is his squad we tennis we know what Tennessee's gonna do they're gonna throw the ball and we want to see if our corners can hold up and me and Mike. Kind of disagree on Trevez, but if Kimber and Jason Marshall, and I, I don't know, this is, I guess, a question for you guys. 
can I slot? Are, are y'all are we that confident? Because we love Kimba and we love uh, Jason. I like Marshall. Tra- I like Travis, by the way. I want to see what and and, and, th- and this is me talking now that just came out. How do you guys feel about the slot position? I know first, urge go ahead and do your, your your impact player, but that's a conversation that I that's that worries me because I'm not as high on Travis as Mike is. Um. My my impact player, I, I initially was going to take Montrell, but Mike took him last week, and I kind of think that's low-hanging fruit at this point. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. Montrell should have a big game. I mean, it, it, it shouldn't even be a uh, – it should be an afterthought. <clears throat> so I'm going to pick a unit instead, which might be cheating. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to pick the O-line. Um I think the O-line can dictate how this game goes and do, do it from, from the get, get-go. I want to see the offensive line get push. I want to see a less talented Tennessee defensive line get whipped. I mean, just an old-time, you know, running game, just dogfight of just offensive line just beating the defensive line off the snap, pushing them downfield. Um, just creating those huge lanes like we've seen Montreal run these huge runs through and NTN get these, you know, just gashing and hitting their assignments, not just at the point of attack, but the next level. Um, pick up your linebacker. Pick up whoever's your assignment is on your pull, whatever it may be. I just want to see them driving people off the ball, driving them down the field. You know, I want to see Ethan pancaking people. I want to see Torrance just riding a guy twenty yards downfield. You know, I and it shouldn't and it should happen. There's, there's that should be the game plan. I'm, I'm not on the obviously. I'm not the coach. I'm not on the staff. But it to me, it's as clear as day. You go out there and you ride and die behind your offensive line in this game. And Maybe as a, as a as a bonus, they can provide AR a comfortable enough pocket where maybe he can get some easy, comfortable throws off, and we can see him right the ship that he's dealing with right now. So that's my prediction. Um, before we move on, it, uh, maybe we can add that to to the keys to victory, Wes. Uh, uh, your concern about the slot man um, as we get into what we like to call every week is our keys to victory. And uh, Wes, I'll go ahead and I'll let you. I'll let you lead that off, man. Yeah, my keys to victory: four things: run the ball, run the ball, and then run it some more. That's what we have to do. We have to ball control, keep them on the sideline. That they're a high tempo offense on the sideline. Have them try to make a play uh, with those type of offenses that used to scoring. They scored sixty something last week. Have them antsy and coming on like, hey, we got to do something fast because we haven't been on the field for six or seven minutes. Like kind of like what Utah did to us game one uh, in the third quarter where we didn't get the one possession. Through. Let's keep them on the sideline. Um, number two, turnovers. And I'm and AR, I'm looking at you. You've been the one turning the ball over. Can't turn the ball over. Got to do better there. Um, I think what he has two the last two games, so that's four. Um, and Tennessee, we got we know they're going what they're going to they're going to throw it. We've been rotating a lot of guys in on the D line, um, so there's a lot of guys that we have that I believe that can get off the passer, boom, uh, coming off the benches and and sapping some others. So 
I would like to see us uh, football is a complementary sport, whether you look at it, special teams, offense, defense. Same thing with you look like a defense. D-line helps the, the corners. Corners help the D-line. So hopefully our D-line uh, can get some pressure on Hooker, make them feel uncomfortable, make them force some things, and, and that will receive our corners can come through. And my last point is it's going to be loud. I mean, it's going to be like Utah was week one for us. It's going to be loud down there in Neyland. They got game day there. A lot of people are going to be in town. Y'all already named the three, uh, Josh Payton. It's going to be bumping down there in Neyland. Keep them out of the game. Run the ball to my point one, and we keep them out of the game. Hey, then we improve our chances to win. So those are my key points to the game. Mike? Yeah, so um, so, uh, it's going to be a – Wes had uh, had a couple of the same ones, but – the main thing is gonna you gotta keep their um get their offense off the field and like I said um, with current, uh, Kimber and Cox earlier um that's gonna help our um it's gonna help out our our defense as well. Oh, I'm sorry. You gotta get them get their off yeah get their offense off the field, which is gonna in turn help out our offense. So uh, just protect the ball, run the ball, keep the crowd out of it, and uh, my biggest thing just uh, one first down. You know you gotta get four, five, six yards. Five, that's going to be tremendous. Not only on the t- um, just the offense is AR. You know, it's get him in a, get him in the position to succeed. Um, I don't know. I have zero expectation. I hope you know he makes me look like the biggest clown in the world. I truly do. But um, I I think winning first down will um, set set him up, uh, give him the best um, opportunity to succeed and the Gators to win. And no crowd's gonna cheer when you get four or five yards of court on first down. Um, I already touched on some of mine a little bit with my uh, impact player being the offensive line. I, I want to see, you know, I think the key is obviously the offensive line to dominate their assignments each and every play, um, and and just take their assignments out of the out of the play. Um, I think that'll go a long ways to determining obviously how our offense flows. Um, another one. Discipline. First game on the road. Going to be loud at first, at least. I mean, from the get-go, it's going to be loud. 100,000 overall wearing orange heads. Um, you've, you've got to watch the ball if you're on the defensive side. You know, when you're on the offensive side, look down, make sure you, you know you know when that ball is supposed to be snapped. Don't jump off sides. Good God almighty, please. Kickoff return team. Save us the heartache. Don't hold anybody this week. <laughs> I don't even, you know, yeah, fair catch it if it's in the end zone. Let's let's not give ourselves any undue pressure. Start, you know, and that goes to another one, field position. Win the field position battle. We seem to be playing behind in the field position battle each and every week. I mean, it just, we don't do ourselves any favors. Can we please quit starting our drives? Inside the twenty, you know what I mean. Let's let's. I'd like to see maybe a block punt this week, or at least you know make them shank one something. Give us some good field position, take a little pressure off AR. Um, and that goes to my last point is uh, smart play calling. Just let's not overthink it. Let's run the ball hard, set up pass, short intermediate passes. Let's get the confidence right. Maybe take a big shot over the top somewhere in there to let them know, let them see that arm. 
Hopefully it's on target. Even if it's not, maybe it backs him up a little bit, you know, but he's going to have to, he's going to have to complete some passes to get that respect. So that being said, guys, it's, it's time for our score predictions and we're all Gators and we're not going to pick our boys to lose. So rain losers, you know, <laughs> rain, sleet or shine. Let's, let's make these predictions. Mike, Tennessee is the better football team because they actually have a competent player quarterback. However, um, and if they, if they were actually facing any team but us, they'd win this game. That actually, any they if you put any logo but ours, they win this game. However, I don't know how to explain it. Against the University of Florida, the Volunteers will find a way to lose. So. I have us, by the grace of God, coming out of Knoxville, shocking the world, 23 to 20. Wes? Wes is muted Muted. because he's not ready to shock the world. Uh, I guess I'm going to repeat this. To Mike's point, If Felipe Franks and Treon Harris can beat Tennessee, <laughs> AR can. Yeah. period. Then, then, then AR can. Uh, 24 23 Gators. Man, we're right in the same ballpark. I got 24-21. It <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to be pretty. And we, hey, we shouldn't be winning this game. All right. Well, I guess we'll all know um, Saturday, and we'll either have a an ecstatic Mike in the trenches or – Mike might be on Barstool later that night in a fight in the stands and not so be gonna be me and Big Cat going at it. It's, oh it's gonna be goodness. I'll be there uh I'll be there Friday through uh, Sunday. Just, content uh, will start rolling in. We'll have content all weekend from Mike in the trenches from from good old Knoxville. Just follow the thread. Yep. All right, guys. Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for the pick'em, and boy, is it is Hirsch excited to talk about the pick'em this week. Uh, after uh, another exciting week of of college football, Hirsch won the week seven three against his co-hosts that both went five and five on the week, giving Hirsch a commanding two game lead, twenty one to nine on the season over Mike nineteen eleven on the season and. Our man West, a man of risk, is down there, sixteen and fourteen. Is, is West the modern day version of Jeff Fisher? <laughs> just treading water down there. Just treading water. My man just minutes. floats, man. Uh, Coming I right ahead of the five hundred mark. Thank y'all, jipping me, man. Jipping <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, guys, we got one more week of kind of suspect games before we really get to a solid slate. So. We're going to bang these out. and we got a few good ones in here, and we're going to start it off with one of the better ones. Clemson at Wake Forest. Mike, hit us off. What? You want me to go? I got, yeah. um, I got Wake. 
Ooh, Mike going right out with the underdog. Clemson can't be a can't kick them to camp. Clemson, if you put Wade's quarterback on uh, at Georgia Tech, they would have won that game. Clemson can't be the competent quarterback. All right, Wes, what you think? Clemson. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the rock. Will, Will Shipley myself. is a dog. Huh? Woo. This is a Will Ship Will Shipley fan account. All right, well, I'm going with the the Rock Petters, the Clemson Tigers. All right, and this is one of those games that's kind of kind of suspect, but we'll Maryland at Michigan. Michigan ain't played nobody, and and Maryland rolls in three and zero as well. The Fighting Copelands. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, you get to pick first this one. I'm gonna go with the khaki pants. We'll roll with uh Old Harbor on this one. They're at home. Mike. Pretty sure if I uh, research is correct, it's all the time it's not. They're on the backup quarterback, so I'm definitely going with um, you know, baby Tua, who's been killing it lately. He, Cope's like the third best wide receiver. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a significant dub, and I'm I'm gonna be checking the, the spread on this. I may be Are you playing. picking Maryland? Hundred percent. Brother, do you not know? Do you not know Yoshi is my 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 uh, Nintendo character? I, I was about to say the only Yoshi I recognize is uh, the <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> oh man! I'm like I'm like Jason Bourne. All right, we got to go back to College Station this weekend to the well, well, yes. Arkansas at Texas A and M. What was your Michigan pick? Oh, I, I'm picking Michigan. My fault. Sorry about that. Yes, I'm. I'm taking Michigan because um, I don't trust Maryland at all in anything. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't bet on. I, I like totals. <laughs> all right, Arkansas at Texas A and M. Mike, who you think? Who you think? Um, I'm gonna go with this is gonna be an ugly game. However, they're gonna get their best receiver back. They're getting some uh, talented players. AM's getting some talented players back. It's at AM. Jimbo actually has a quarterback, uh, Max Johnson, who fits his uh ar- archaic uh, system. So I'm going uh, I'm going Tam you. Wes? I mean, Mike has picked opposite of each game. That's how I'm going to come back. Razorbacks. Marky. Sam Pittman, baby. Can't stand Jimbo. Big Suey. No, I'm not going there. I'm going to go ahead and take a and <laughs> hey, You don't, you don't pick with your heart. That's how you wind up uh, with a West. Nah. Record. Nah. I did that I week actually, one. I actually have faith in Max Johnson now. A&M was very beatable in that game versus Miami if Miami had a quarterback making throws, but apparently he doesn't want to play in front of a crowd or in front of no crowd. <laughs> why, why are you acting like you're quoting the guy? That's oh, what he said. Uh, my bad. <laughs> my bad, Mr. TVD. <laughs> Wisconsin at Ohio State. Wes? Buckeyes. Oh, Lord. Mike? Ohio State. Yeah, my uh, Ohio State's got to drop again. I mean, it's not going to be this one. Ohio State. Yeah, I'm. I'm also going to go with the Ohio State University. Oof. I don't know if that if that trademark went in for the. I think. Uh, first you. 
Number five on the slate, USC at Oregon State, the Beavers. Mike? Can I get a time of day for this? Well, you know what? I don't know. I think it's at not, I think it's a late okay, game. I think it's at 9.30. Tell him. Tell him what you tell me. What he tell always tells me is you should have been prepared. Pick, make your pick. No, no, to, no, to, to, no. To my credit, I put spreads on, on my on my sheet, y'all. I, I give y'all spreads. Oh, oh man, it's probably it's over probably. spread on this pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be on the West Coast, so it's probably a night game. It's I'm probably like seven o'clock, ten o'clock. Uh, Pacific time in the Beaver Stadium. I mean, it's seven o'clock Pacific time. You know what? Screw it. Give me the Beaver. That game is at nine thirty p.m. <laughs> East, uh, uh, Pacific time. Pacific? So, uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, Eastern. My bad. I, I I can't read. So I was right. It was about so seven. Who are you picking? Yeah. You say the Beavers? Not the Beavers. And corn was it Corn Ballas or whatever? Let's hey, Hurst, Hurst, I'm coming back, baby. <laughs> hey, Hurst, I'll be in second place by, by next week, man. I'm coming back. Trojans, I, you already know who I'm picking because I'm telling Bro, you. You better, you better hope to God he don't win and you'll <laughs> never hear the end of that. This clip will be saved and replayed at nauseam. Hey, so play it back. Wes is back. Trojans, back. Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, and the receiver, I can't remember his name, for Pitts that transferred over to USC. Addison. His name is Jordan Addison. His name is Jordan Addison. Yeah. He was yeah, sponsorship deal with United Airlines. We got to do our research, kids. Don't be like Wes. He doesn't play for Florida games. I don't care about him. Yeah, I'm going to pick USC in this one. I, I just can't. I can't bet on that one. All right. Trust trust the guy who uh, picked App State, baby. He'll take you but he's still in second place. <laughs> Baylor at Iowa State. West. Baylor. Baylor. Oh, Baylor. <laughs> Baylor. All right, Mike. <laughs> I'm picking Baylor, not as confident as I want to be, though. Mike, I mean, not Mike Hurst. You're going with Iowa State sound like when I said Baylor. No, was... I'm going with Baylor. <laughs> okay. I thought I, I thought I, I had you for a minute. I don't trust Matt Campbell at all, ever. <laughs> they can't Except score, when man. I picked him to beat Iowa. And was right. <laughs> Me too. I was right on that one too. But only because I knew I mean, he'd never beat him. I'm sorry. I go with historical data. It should be a barn burner. <laughs> Notre Dame at UNC. Mike. <laughs> That's why I picked it. I knew this was a stumper. <laughs> at UNC. At at UNC, baby. This is a win. I don't even got to think about this. Yeah, that's a Tar Heel. Let's go Tar Heels, baby. My, and my old roommate had to ask his 40 time for an old lineman there. Palm Bay High alum. That's right. That Mabel, hey, they, listen, them boys, no dang sucks. All right. <laughs> Freeman, can't, Freeman can't coach, okay? And UNC scores a lot of points. Yeah, they they're cussing at the court. The, um, what his name is? Tommy Reese was cussing the quarterback out. The quarterback out. Line. Do your job. Yeah, I'm going with North, North Carolina Tar Heels. North Dame got a lot of stuff going on over there. Yes, sir. No Tar Heels. We'll all take them. 
All right, here's this one might might give you a trick a little bit. We got to think on this one. USF at Louisville. I'm going with Louisville. Cost me a couple weeks ago against Florida State, and I hope they don't do it to me again. I'm gonna go ride with Louisville again, man. Louisville, Mike. No, um, I'm, Louisville's gonna win easily because they have a quarterback, unlike the Florida Gators. Easily, like they did against. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I take that quarterback on our team right now to start. Oh my gosh! Who, Bryant? Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham. Malik, I'm thinking Malik Bryant. Ooh. Absolutely. Yeah. I, oh yes. Absolutely. Hands down. We'll be on the Yeah, I threw this one in as kind of a curveball after what USF showed us this week, but I'm going to go with Louisville myself because uh, that kid, that kid at quarterback for Louisville is is a fun. He's fun they to watch. Should have beat, they should have beat Florida State. They should have, but their uh, their defense. They decided to match up a five eight corner on a six seven receiver and thought that was a good way to go. Never gave him help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Texas at Texas Tech. I believe Mister Ewers is still out for Texas in this game. Mike. Like how you guys always go to me. Um, by the way, the latest. How we do not? He, he, he's switching. He's switching every time. Always going to me. Always going to me. He's switching it every time, man. <laughs> you know what? My mind's telling me no. No, God, no, don't do it. <laughs> I apologize um, for car speakers. All right, so <laughs> I can't go. I can't. Go with uh, Texas here. I'm, I'm going Red Raiders. Go Red Raiders. Lubbock, Lubbock, Texas. The pride of Lubbock, Texas. Wes? Texas Tech. My God. No, no, no. I'm not going. What I'm saying. I was going. They, I, they disappointed me last week. I picked them and they lost. And now I, I want to pick them. Oh boy, still out. But I'm going with I'm I'm a flip on them. I'm going with Texas this time. Yeah, Texas still, disappointed me. Texas still has the best, arguably the best running back in the country. And I'm going to ride with them. Yeah, I'm going to ride well, with Texas. God, it's it, painful to bet on Texas because you know they're going to disappoint you. Mike picked the Raiders. Mike picked the Red Raiders. He's okay. Mike's Mike's trying to. Listen, this car- yeah, he's going to either, either I'm going to run car- him down or he's going to catch you hers. Either he's going to um, run you down or I'm going to catch him. It's going to be either All right, last game, last game. Oregon at Washington State. Washington State's 3-0 going into this game. And now we're going to find out. Wes, go ahead and pick because I want Mike to think if he wants to bet on a, on a Bo Nix team. <laughs> I'm going with Bo Nix in Oregon, <laughs> just so Mike can pick Washington State. I'm going with um, Bo Nix. Just proved last week how <laughs> just how incapable of competent football the Pac-12 and how seriously the West Coast takes football. But that on <laughs> just utter destruction that occurred. So. Um, 
don't let an undefeated record fool you. It's like people who think, well, Levis is good at football. So uh, I'm taking the, the fighting ducks. Go Phil Knight. That, that is some elite spin work right there, folks. I just speak he, the truth, man. He, he was able to get to make his pick without saying how he truly feels. I'm going to go ahead and take the ducks myself just because I feel like some, they, after the way they looked last weekend, they, they better dang well walk in there and win. All right, guys. Well, that's another good week of pickums. We'll see how it turns out, and we'll let y'all know. And we'll find out who knows ball. But, <laughs> guys, another great show in the books. Um, I know we're all kind of hoping for the best this weekend, kind of bracing ourselves for the worst. Um, not a not an easy spot to be in as a fan, but, you know, you take these lumps with a brand-new coach, new staff. Um, you, you knew you weren't going to win every game, so you kind of just – go in thinking you're going to win every game and deal with it afterwards. <laughs> it is what it is. But hopefully when we do our Raw Reaction show Sunday, um, we'll all be uh, talking about all the great plays that happened and, and not any real bad ones. And um, we may have a special guest for our Raw Reaction as well on Sunday. We'll keep you all posted on that. But in the meantime, make sure you all are keeping an eye on us out there. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Respect our DCN. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Respect Our Decision. On Facebook, the Respect Our Decision group. Um, we'll have a TikTok page set up here soon to have y'all uh, check out. And we'll be posting videos probably from Mike in the trenches this weekend and other things going on in, in the world of the Florida Gators. And um, as always, guys, make sure you just... Go out there and download each and every episode on every podcast provider that you may use, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Podcasts. You know what I, you know what the deal is. And make sure you go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Respect our decision. Um, like I said before, give a like on our video. Hit the notification bell so every time we upload any kind of content, you'll get a notification that it's there and you can go check it out. And as always, if you'd like to support us as creators, check out our Patreon, respect our decision. Like I said, we'll be having a giveaway here in the next week or so, as well as exclusive content coming to that. So without any further ado, before we kick it to Wes, Mike, you got anything you want to add? It's obligatory. Uh... <clears throat> Bateman Goddess. Hashtag Bateman Goddess. <laughs> Wes, send us home Yeah, appreciate it Hurst, again, thank you guys for all the support Got 10,000 today Appreciate you guys uh, Continue to support us Like Hurst said, we appreciate each, We appreciate each and every one of you guys um, If you know Or if you're a veteran yourself, please reach out to us Get in contact with us if you have any uh, Questions about how to get your benefits as far as you're a veteran or you know someone that is a veteran again. Um, thank you, guys. We love this. We love you guys. We love Gator Nation. So without your support, we wouldn't be here. So thank you guys again. Um, and go Gators. And AR, please give me something to talk to Mike about Sunday. Please. And real, like, just real quick, 
you can't win it because I want I'm on record saying I want to be wrong. You do know how easy of a spin this is. Like it's all easy spins for Mike. Let's just like that's what I. Mike is Skip Bayless. I already know how to deal with Mike. Mike First of all, don't have a disrespect. All right, all right. We'll catch y'all Sunday, Gator Nation. We love you. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. Gators.